This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. In a previous episode, we talked about uh, preparing our daughters for college. And in another episode, we talked about unsafe spaces, often being places where there is drugs and alcohol present, or maybe boundaries are a little looser between people because of drugs and alcohol. And uh, a little bit about my story is that, you know, I've had issues with alcohol abuse in college and like later on in my life. And a lot of my sexual trauma and issues that I've had were related to alcohol. And I wanted today to talk about what role alcohol and drugs might play in a, in a violent situation from like a preventative perspective, but also just what is your take on uh, drugs and alcohol in terms of self-defense? Mm. I think, I, I think that there's a lot of material available about the role of drugs and alcohol in regards to sexual violence for the, on behalf of the perpetrator. I think there's been times when people have obviously used drugs and alcohol as an excuse or as a cover. Oh, I was drunk. I don't remember. Oh, we were both doing drugs. Or you agreed to have these drinks with me. All as excuses for horrible behavior. I think that there's this is very well documented. Um, and I don't feel like it's something that I need to add too much of my own two cents in about on whatever the preposition is. <laughs> and, um, but I do think that drugs and alcohol, especially in certain environments like, like raves, like nightclubs, like, um, college parties, college or... parties, like concerts where, boundaries get really fuzzy and sometimes they get fuzzy because that's the community, you know, especially at things like techno festivals and, um, electronica festivals. That's part of that community, like Burning Man, you know, it's, it's, it's meant to be this open, loving, experimental kind of thing where boundaries are blurred and everyone is open and that's cool if that's what you're into, but it doesn't invite and it's not an excuse for a violation. There's people that I've met who are really active in those scenes and they are very fond of saying things like, but I don't believe in boundaries and I don't have any boundaries. But then they enroll in my self-defense course because there's been a violation and, you know, so yes, you do have a boundary and it was crossed. And I think we need to also acknowledge that. I don't care how big of a hippie you are. You have boundaries. You know when they've been crossed and you know when they've been violated. And that's not okay for people to do. It's not okay. You have a right to be drunk, to be high as a kite, to ingest whatever it is you feel like ingesting. Again, I don't advocate drinking and drugs. 
I don't disadvocate it. It's really not for me to judge what kind of stuff you put into your body. But just because you've decided to get drunk, just because you've decided to get high or stoned or I guess just high and stoned um, or and drunk on top of it doesn't mean that, well, now you deserve to be violated or hurt in any way. That's not that's it's it's not penance. It's not punishment because you feel like checking out for a little while. But what would you say just to the idea that if someone is um, unable to, you know, if you're really drunk and you're unable to walk or, you know, if you're slurring, if you're not as coherent as you would be, obviously you're not going to be, you know, maybe as aware to say no at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you say to that? Because obviously it's not their fault that that they're Mm -hmm. more vulnerable to an attack, but they are. Right. I think, well, I think one of the first things to do is to break through that, that barrier of belief that, well, I deserved it. Um, or, or in general, I deserve it because I was, I was messed up. I think also to understand that the body is still effective, you know, curling up into a little ball is, is a useful defense. You know, it's not a matter of hitting or making space, but curling up into a ball and holding it tight, as tight as you can, even if you're really drunk, is a great way to defend yourself. It's really hard to pull somebody apart. Locking yourself away in a bathroom. So sometimes in in Pretty Deadly, we talk about this because this happens. People um, get slipped the date rape drug, which I have never experienced, but I've spoken with many people who, not many, but a few people who have unfortunately become victim to that. And they've told me that it happens very, it hits really fast. So you notice right away something's wrong and it starts to take effect quite rapidly. If you are in a bar or a club um, or I guess even like a festival, lock yourself in the bathroom If you're in a bar or a club, sit down on the floor with your back to the wall right next to the toilet. I know it's totally disgusting, but do it anyway so that the toilet keeps you from slumping over to the side. You may slump forward, but you're not as likely to choke on your own vomit Um, and just lock yourself in the stall. You'll pass out. You won't hear all the people banging and knocking. It'll be okay, but you'll be away from whoever it is that did that to you. The usual advice is tell the bartender, tell your friends, tell somebody that somebody slipped a drug to you, but that's not always possible. You can't get to the bar. It's like five people deep. You know, your friends have scattered all over the nightclub. When, like you said, a lot of, I, now that you're describing this, I, I, I had a situation once where I think I might've been uh, slipped that because then I, it's interesting that I, I did what you said and mm-hmm. I, um, it hit me really fast and I went. I went into the bathroom and the the weirdest thing about it was, you know, normally when, when I was drunk, like my, I would lose control like of my body and mm-hmm. my head. And the weird thing was I lost all control of my body, but I could mm-hmm. still think. And right. that's why I think it might've been the drug because that had never happened to me before right. where normally if I was, if it was just like alcohol, I would have been like, well, 
I wouldn't have been thinking straight. And the weird thing about it was like, I could think so clearly, but I couldn't move. And right. so I did actually pass out and my head hit the, um, I sat on the toilet and then my head hit the lock on the door. Ouch. But because of that, the adre- I had so much adrenaline mm-hmm. that it woke me up and I could use, I could use my body again. And mm-hmm. I remember that was my thought was like, get up right now because you might not be able to move again. In- right. And I was able to, I did get robbed that night, but I was able to get um, out of the bar. Right. But isn't that great? So that's your self-defense system kicking in. That, I mean, that's, that was all your own self-defense. You have, who have never taken any self-defense course and have no martial arts or self-defense training, you did all these things naturally. And not only that, you recognize that, you know, it's weird that I can think clearly. And you recognize, get up now because you might not be able to move again. That's fantastic. That's exactly how our self-defense systems work. It's great. You got robbed. You hit your head. That sucks. Self-defense is not 100%, like, you know, nothing at all is going to happen to you. You want to get yourself safe and your life safe. And you did that, and it's fantastic. With zero training, it was instinctual. When we get drunk or we get high, you know, I mean, these again, these are like headphones and, and mobile phones, you know. They exist on Earth, and they exist on Earth because people want to just cut the edge a little bit or take a break from reality or whatever it is they want to do. There is never a time when you deserve to be hurt because you're in that state. So you can curl up into a little ball. You can learn. This is where you would need a little bit of self-defense training. And we have a workshop at Pretty Deadly for this. Um, Learn to move when your body is a little bit looser and you don't have the same motor skills that you do when you're completely sober if you want I mean it's really this is going to sound really ridiculous but there's an old Jackie Chan movie called Drunken Master and that's it's basically the exact same thing (laughs) our course isn't the same because we don't he does he does Chinese stuff and we do Japanese stuff but nonetheless it's the same idea how to move within your body and use it to its full potential with whatever you have available to you so I think I mean Obviously, it's hard to prepare for this, right? So it's not like we could wrap up this episode really succinctly and say, well, if you're if you're drunk and need to defend yourself, like do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. But one of the important takeaways is to know that you have your natural self-defense system. And that means some kind of awareness and sensibility. And even um, like in my experience, having certain thoughts and realizations of mm-hmm. kind of responding to what was happening and knowing how to get out. Right. But there's also really practical things that you can do, even if you're under the influence, to still protect yourself. Right. Right. There are things. And with a little self-defense training, just to, just to discover how the body moves effectively under those circumstances, um, simulated I don't really allow anyone to come to my class. But you do teach a course yeah. on this. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, because I think it's important. You know, right. I, and we live in Berlin where like half the population is usually drunk or high. So, <laughs> and, and you know, why shouldn't you be able to defend yourself in those situations? Right. But you're, you're just as entitled as anybody else. Right. To your own safety. Right. 
Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.